Welcome to another Vimeo USA podcast. This is Alan, and I'm joined by Robin Stacy, who was hoping to be running in the half marathon tomorrow in Valencia, but instead he and watch us defeat Alaves. So I guess it's a bit of a trade-off. Yep. Hello again. Yeah, now was I think of all the games to ever miss, that was probably one of the worst ones to miss, considering how well we did. But uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I'll hopefully be back in December for well when we go. There's another 10k coming up in Valencia. Uh, that's the same day as the Derby as well. So I'm hoping to run the 10k and then basically run to the Derby match, which would be uh, pretty interesting to do too. But yeah, um, but it was a cracking game. Though. I'm really really glad we did so well. Uh, in, in the match itself, you know, a 4-1 victory isn't pretty, isn't, well, isn't bad at all really. I mean, considering everyone was kind of slightly, after I suppose the, the Espanol game where, you know, we only won 1-0, I can't think we kind of came, came out all guns blazing on that one. Uh, just kind of proved a lot of doubt was wrong. Um, yeah, it's a great game. What did you yeah. think? Well, I, yeah, I thought it was a great game. I, I thought the, um, it was, as someone pointed out at, at the half, it was a little, it was somewhat worrying in that, um, it was a bit like Levante where we almost played them off the pitch in the first 30 minutes and then we only had a one goal lead to show for it. Um, mm. so you, you sort of wonder, you know, <laughs> after you see a certain number of, of games, you just get used to the fact that some, so often teams that don't Get that second goal when they're clearly dominant and have the other team on the ropes often pay for it. And, um, fortunately we didn't. I mean, they, you know, they did score to tie it up, but we, um, took the lead fairly quickly afterward and, uh, sort of seems to be to me, I, the, the two matches, Espanol, um, was, was a lot different because we were on the road playing it in a, Stadium we haven't done well, and we were, yeah, it was a scrappy game. It was a much less, um, it, it was a much different game. I didn't think we played as badly as a lot of other people did. I think more because that's the way I expected us to have to play to get a result. But it it was um, not our finest game by a long shot, and I thought Alaves we played really well. Mm. Yeah, with the with the Espanol one, it, it reminded me of what some of the commentators have, have said before that like it was kind of very much a kind of almost Marcelino sort of victory. It was a sort of scrappy one nil one, but at the end of the season, those are the ones that are going to kind of help us secure the position. You know, we we can win four one, which is great. And someone pointed out some really good stats about our, our goal record, which is uh, shocking a bit. If you know, if you think about it from the start of the season where we were struggling to think where the goals came from. And now mm-hmm. you look at the formations we're playing and the security and the goals we're coming from, you know. I think Gerard's absolutely fantastic on that, on that, on that right wing. He had a, he had a cracking game last night, I think. You know, everyone was talking about Akemi and, you know, his goals and stuff, but it was Gerard that was there. He was the fighting. He was the, he was the one there putting them. Got, got an assist again, uh, for the first goal. And then he scored that really nice goal in the end, you know, free ball from Santa Cazola, typical trademark. And then you had mm-hmm. Gerard playing that. I know, I think everyone just had a fantastic performance and yeah, yeah, the Espanol your game is a bit scrappy like you said we're away from home on that one but um you know it was it was still a win a victory is a victory you know um and i think yep. every player has really proven the results this season yeah i think so far the um the thing that i think has surprised many of us and surprised us in a positive way has been that we have found a um starting 11 Essentially, I mean, there, there are a couple of positions, um, basically the, the fullback positions can, can be swapped out, but essentially the other players are pretty much set and that seems to be, um, that seems to be working really, well it is working really well. Um, and then we have, um, a couple of players on Taveros and, and Chukwese, who are seem like their real role is coming off the bench in the second half when the other when the opposition is is getting tired and um we and especially at home I think where we're we're able to just um open the game up with them on with them on the pitch mm-hmm. I I think that it's it's interesting that um 
we've done very well. It seems like Ibora is is much more comfortable playing where he in in the middle in the pivot basically than he was last year. And and um, I think the the Powell and Albiol um, pairing has just worked out far better than we could have ever imagined. Um, mm. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been great. I mean, I keep thinking, well, we can't run out these same players <laughs> every mm-hmm. time, um, obviously, but, but, um, at least in this part of the season when there's not Copa football and we've got international breaks and so forth, it seems as though everybody is holding up pretty well. Yeah, def- definitely. I think, I mean, at some point towards the end of the season, it's going to really tire. So I think it's like with Espanyol and those other games, we need to get those victories now. And then once the players sort of tire, and then also we've got to bear in mind that the Euros are going on next year as well. So um there's going to be like sort of friendlies and matches before that. And obviously when we look at our call-ups, we had four, what was it, four players, I think, in the Spanish squad as well. So yes. that's going to sort of take its toll as well on the on the players. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't, I can't see any reason why Abora might not be called up as well. You know, there's, there's just much chance. That, like you said, he's having a, he's having a fantastic run. I must mm-hmm. admit, I, I was sort of cri- critical of him a bit towards the start of the season. Um, and I'm never really sure if it's unfair. I was sort of spoken down a lot on that in just general across the VRL fans because everyone sort of thought he was, he was amazing. I was slightly mm-hmm. critical because he often, quite often plays the ball back. And if there's any English fans out there, they'll know. It's very similar to, to to Jordan Henderson in our England squad who just does that. You know, he's very highly rated, but he does play the ball backwards or sideways, and it doesn't really help so much. Um, that was one thing I saw. I was reading through the comments, and some people seem to be quite sh- critical of Zambo, and I'm, I'm not really sure why. I thought he was. He, I thought he had a cracking game. Really, he was. He wasn't bad at all. You know, I, I don't think anyone had a bad game. I think we were sort of. We we looked at the victory, which is four one. I don't think I could fault any of the players. You know, the people, some people sort of talking about Albert Moreno um, not having a great game, and um, but I thought everyone had a great game. I, I can't fault anyone really. Um, no, I I, th- I thought everybody had a great had had a, a, an excellent game too. I mean, I I I think you always have to keep in mind that <laughs> as sometimes I think we don't want to do that the other team came to win the match too, and uh, yeah. You know, to me, it's like if if you um, we over the course of the match, um, okay, their one goal was you know a pretty acrobatic bicycle kick that was you know was a quite yeah. an outstanding goal, um, and yes, they had maybe one or two other chances where the ball got knocked back outside the box and and was put over the net or whatever. But the um, you know you're any no matter how well you play, the other team is going to have a few chances over ninety minutes, and so you know you can't really you can't really blame somebody for that. I thought everybody played very well. Um, I was. Um, I think really what impressed me going back to, to Zambo Anguisa was, yeah, I thought he played well, but I also thought that, that the, that the game sort of passed him by because what happened was, was that Alave started just punting the ball long and, and essentially playing the ball over him in midfield. And so I thought Kaleha's substitution bringing him off and bringing on Samu was a really good one um, because I think Anguissa did a good job, but most of what he had to do and most of what he did was in the first half. And so I think he was he was a good player to come off for for Samu, who immediately began creating problems for for Alaves. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I, I, was, yeah. I thought that was really a good move on his part. Oh, yeah, I, com- I completely agree on that one as well. That's um, yeah, it was it was very clear. And I must admit, when I first saw that change, I was like a bit bit confused because I, I didn't realize he was going to try and change it to four four two. But I think that credit to him, that was absolutely a fantastic move. And it's like you said that, and then what we were saying all, earlier about Samu, it it changed the game a lot. That's when our goals was reversed, and I think that reassured a lot of fans in thinking because a lot of time. Um, you know, we defend the goal lead. We were sort of two one up, and we were just thought, oh yeah, we're just going to defend it. Bringing on Samu and changing that to four four two is like I said, was it was a fantastic decision sort of thing. I don't think Samu had a, had a bad game. I don't think that was the sort of reason for the change. I think it's like you said, 
we see Samu and Ontiveros as a kind of super subs to just kind of reassert that energy. Um, mm-hmm. It was interesting as well with Samu as well. Like, like we said, it changed the game. Um, but then again, I think I think I saw your comment earlier that it's, that's not his ideal position as a winger. It's, it's interesting because he's in that four-three-three when he's most attacking. That's when he's most effective. And as a winger, it's like that far wide is it's quite questionable with his role. But I think it also helps him learn to defend. He can sort of he's on that wing, so he can defend any kind of dark. Whereas in the four-three-three, he's too far forward, and he sees himself not really wanting to waste energy on defending. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, because I, it was one of those things when I noticed in that game, I mean, I, I had to switch off the sort of the last two minutes, so I missed on Deveros' goal. But yeah, it was like Samu, I didn't think he had an, an amazing impact on the game, but it did change stuff in a, in a way, which was really, really interesting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him, really. It's a, it's a peculiar one. Um, it is, because, and he's just, I, I'm, you know, I, I know we have a new contract that we've, um, offered him an even higher release clause and so forth. But, but yeah, it is interesting because I think when he's, when he's played, when he's started, um, I think you're absolutely right that if, if you're, if you're in the 4-3-3 with him, his, um, his defensive liabilities are more on evidence up there. And particularly given that, especially if he's out with some, with a fullback like Ruben Pena, who's, Who's really wanting to attack anyway? Then you need Samu to really overlap and, and play defense when when Pena goes forward, and that and that's not his forte. So yeah, it's interesting. I think that what I I think the thing is, it's just when he comes on, the the opposition starts to realize, okay, if he gets the ball, they're immediately in retreat. You know, they, 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 they don't want to take him on right away. They want, to, they want to, you know, sort of defend in numbers and sort of push him away, um, make him use his, the, his left foot. But it, it seems to open up space for everyone else. And then when you see him play things like that, um, pass, um, to Moy that, that set up the second goal, I mean, that was, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's another one of those yeah. things. You're, you're just your jaw just drops open. And you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is yeah. is so talented. If he if he can learn to to um, play, you know, even a little bit of defense. If he can if he can improve there, and if he can develop more um, um, more of his game, you know, in the attacking zone, I think that's great. He's already. I mean, last year when he came up, he was definitely a, a one-trick pony, and you know, and and now he, his passing is much more on evidence than it was last year. Um, yeah. Well, he's got the maestro Santi Cazola to learn from, hasn't he? Really, so I think that's probably going to be a good influence. And he has, yeah. And I think I think that's I think that's the thing that's really good. It's just he, he needs to have more confidence in being able to do something with his left foot. Um, I think, um, to, to, uh, because you, you do see teams over, especially if, if he's starting and playing up front for a whole game, you do see teams try to really shunt him off in a, in a certain way. But he's, but he's also adapting to that. So, yeah, he's, it's really good. I, I think overall, um, I think Asenho coming back and coming into the starting lineup has been, has been good. I'm just, um, as I say, I think all of us are a little astonished at how we went from from um, a nightmare of of the back line last year to um, Powell and Albiol just act like they've played together forever. I mean, it's 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 quite astonishing. Yeah, oh, I completely agree that they just have such a great influence, and this you can see they have a quite a good relationship on the pitch. I think they all completely trust each other, which I think last year when we had Alvaro and Ruiz, it was just they were sort of just so unsure of each other and sort of unsure positioning. I think both of them would have been good as a kind of as as uh, how I would see it probably with. You'd have, you know, Paul Torres, he, he does have leadership qualities, but I think he does rely on, on Albiol. So I think maybe if, if sort of Alvaro does come back next season, because he is on loan, isn't he? Uh, mm. If he did come back, he'd probably form quite a, just as good partnership with Alvaro. I, I wouldn't want to see that, but I'd be slightly worried that obviously Paul Torres is going to attract a lot of attention. 
Um, but what goes well going back to him and Samu is they both seem quite very loyal to the club, really. A bit more sort of down to earth and low key, and I think they really appreciate what VRL has actually done for them as players. I can't see Samu really leaving or sort of, I know he's sort of signed a contract and that, that in this day and age of football, it doesn't really mean too much, but I can't see him really rushing. And I can also, I can't really see other European teams or anyone really sniffing around him at this point. I think they'll want him to sort of develop a bit. And I think VRL is a perfect club for that. Um, hey, I, I it'd be agree. interesting to see what happens. It will be. I, I, I really think that's correct that I think he's, um, I think he's in an ideal place to develop. And I think that while, you know, you, you do see, a lot of press about him, um, particularly, you know, English fan sites and so forth. It's basically all kind of recycled stuff. I mean, there's not yeah. a whole, it's not a whole lot really new, like, you know, something is going to happen. I think Powell is the more, I think he's very loyal to the club too. And of course he's a, he's a local boy from the Real, but, um, you know, he's certainly gotten a lot of attention very quickly. And so, you know, I think he's he's going to be somebody that um, they're going to be teams sniffing around, certainly. Um, yeah, and I think I have to say that I think um, the first couple of matches um, this year, we um, were really sort of wondering what we had. And I think Kaleha seems, I mean, last year we criticized him at times for misreading games and, you know, making substitutions that didn't seem to make sense or or putting players out in the starting lineup that we didn't think made a lot of sense. But this he, he seems to really have learned and really be enjoying what he's doing. So I, uh, you know, I mean, I hope we keep it up. It's it's great. <laughs> oh, it's it's amazing. I think every single VRL fan can can say at one point they were skeptical. It's like you said, we weren't sure about some of his decisions. You know, we had a bit of sort of an iffy season. I mean, that might have come down to nerves from him really as well. He was, you know, he had an idea, a vision sort of thing, but we got to think that the experience wasn't massively there. I think obviously the sort of the the, the shock of sort of switching him halfway through the season. I think people were crying out for a change at that point. Obviously, and then bring him back. I think that time just gave him time to reflect, and he worked on it. And he stuck with his he stuck with his guns as well. Okay, he made a few sort of changes and stuff with formations and stuff. But I think he's found the perfect one there, and I think the players actually respect him as well. I think also the players are sort of playing for him as well. We we look at Gerard Moreno, who had you know sort of a very iffy sort of season. He wasn't really sure of himself, and there was always rumours about Espanol and all that you know all that stuff going on. Um, but he he sort of acted up to the plate because. You had Samu last season who was sort of, he was our key player and he was sort of, and he suddenly appeared on the scene. Sometimes it looked like he was the only one making the effort. And you just, I mean, I suppose if we looked at a video from last year and look at video now, you'll see the massive changes there. And even in Kaeka as well, he's a lot more confident in himself. Um, um, but yeah, it's, and I think we've done some signings and stuff, but it, you know, it's the players. Sometimes when you do, because that season we did sign a lot of players, sort of thing, and it does take time for them to gel. Obviously, we were very lucky to stay up in a sense, really. But I think they've really gelled as a team now. Um, and it's very exciting to watch, you know. I, I can't yeah. see where things will go downhill. Um, I can't see any problems apart from fatigue, really. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, um, I think last year, I think the whole Gerard thing, I think he, he strikes me as somebody, I mean, I've never met him personally, but he strikes me as somebody who, you know, does take a lot of things on himself. And I think last year he had, he had felt a lot of pressure having, having come back from Espanol and it having been a signing where, you know, it was, it was, it was something where he was essentially, we were paying out a lot of money for somebody we had sold for very little money, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, years before. So I think he felt a lot of pressure um last year and I don't think that it helped the um the fact that we got off to such a slow start and yeah it was a really tough year for him and this year is so much different I mean he is he is um I thought he was our best um player against Espanyol practically too I think he's he he's he's back to what I remember when we first saw him play in the Segunda I think which was you know, he would be, he would come on the pitch and he would just make everybody better. And I feel like yeah. that's 
what he does now, especially he, he loves having the ball on the right and then playing it forward. You know, having a combi more of a middle person than a wing person, I think is, is, you know, was a key in this game too. So I'm, you know, I, I just think that overall we're, it's, it feeds on itself. You know, you're enjoying it. When you enjoy playing football, you tend to win. And when you win, you enjoy playing your football. <laughs> yes. I, th- I think it helps as well that we haven't got the Europa League in there or any kind of Champions League football. That sort of sometimes just captures us, catches off the guard a bit. I mean, we love playing in the Champions League and the Europa League, stuff like that. But for me, I think this season is just key about really securing our, our way of you know, uh, at the end of the season, not losing the players that we have to form that team and being in the same situation over and over again. Um, I could see Atletico Madrid probably coming and raiding us again, as they do. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's, it's just one of the things. But it's, it's it's exciting, you know. And that's what, that's what we always love about me and Villarreal fans. It's it's up and down all the time, but it's exciting. So um, you know, if we're Barcelona yeah. or Madrid, we'd be screaming for victory every day, and we'd be critical even if we won, and we'd be miserable. You know, life would never be happy. Whereas yeah. Villarreal, it's it's usually happy either way. And <laughs> the other, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's right. I think we've, I think we feel, um, it's, it's interesting because you watch, you watch the team now and you just, um, you know, we're, we're, um, five matches at home and we have, we're three wins and two draws and the draws, um, that draw against, um, Granada to start the season looks a lot better than it did when we thought Granada was a team that was going to be down near the bottom of the league. I mean, I still don't like giving away the 4-2 lead, but, um, you know, that's, it turns out that they're, they're playing really well against everybody else. Um, it wasn't just a fluke on, uh, at the start of the season. Yeah. And it was uh, a good learning curve for us as well. It just, it shocked us into sort of the realization that, and I think it, it helped gel the team together. You know, we, we were coming in on a high, but the confidence obviously wasn't high because we sort of were very close to the bottom last season. So, um, I think we needed to be humbled by by Granada and fair play to them that they're having a good season. Um, we needed to be humbled by the, the by the little you know like when Barcelona and Madrid get humbled, that's when they sort of come back fighting the next game. Whereas and I think the fact that we've 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 redone that um, and we found our confidence from that, we're showing signs of being a top side again. You know, previously like I think last season we would lose to sort of the the smaller teams and that would um, that we just didn't come back from that ever really. And then we struggle against Barcelona and Madrid and you know that would be just the general mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting season, really good. Yep, I, I was actually I actually thought that that the home match against Madrid was interesting too because you know we drew it and we were all angry that we hadn't won, and that was you know that's another thing where it's like you know you can be um, last year when we drew against Barcelona where they equalized it on with that last kick of the game, it wasn't as much anger as oh my God, we should have won this. Now what's going to happen to us? Are we, you know, are we on this unlucky downward spiral again? You can just see the the players' faces at the end of that game where it was like, where that was the way they were looking at it. We do. Oh, you, you, you should have seen me in the office or the next day after that game. I was absolutely fuming about it. I remember tweeting about it and just, you know, ranting about how just everyone was talking about how amazing Messi and Suarez and how Barcelona did so well. I mean, we was were we two nil up against Barcelona at some point, or we came back. Came I, I can't remember the other game. I just remember being so angry that I didn't see the score. But we came back two nil. I think we came back and I was so annoyed that the whole world was just raving at how good Barcelona were about coming back. And we, we were VRL coming back against Barcelona. It was, yes, exactly. you know, it, was just, it was a cracking goal by Suarez, but I, I cannot like him. I refuse to like Messi or him and upsets a lot of people with me saying that, but I just, I struggle. I really do. And that game was possibly the most stressful, angriest I've ever been as being a VRL fan. Um, well, yeah. I yeah, yeah, I, but I think from the standpoint of the, I think from the standpoint of um, of the team, yeah, I mean, fortunately, we did put it aside and and go on and and play, you know, and win win some key matches afterwards. And it's and it's like if you look at it, this is the thing that that I was noticing the other day, and it kind of gets lost because of the way that the that the um, the seasons went and, and, but after Kaleha came back, if you look at, if you look at his record through, um, when he came back through today, 
you know, we've averaged, um, you know, over a point and a half a game. Yeah, oh. I think s- s- someone put. A re- I can't remember exactly, but I remember reading a comment just before we started doing the podcast. Someone put a really good comment on one one of the phone. I think it was about the goal records that we've had. We've got a really really good goal record this season. We've got the, I think the highest scoring goal record. I suppose now in one of the games. Someone, someone had a really good comment anyway. But yeah, just sort of shows the difference in our goal. You know how they're gelling, how the partnership is really working. Uh, you know, even Moy Gomez is sort of, obviously he's not getting as many goals as a Kembe and Jarrah, but the goals are coming, which is great, and the defense is short, so everything's yep. great at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, okay, so let's take a brief break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about um, the um, one thing that has the Villarreal fans riled up, which is the possible game in Miami, and um, see what you think about that. So I'm just going to take a short break, and then we'll be back. Okay, so now you've collected yourself after remembering the Barcelona game last year. I've calmed (laughs) down now, I promise. I had a a stiff drink and it's fine. (laughs) Um, So, all right, so we we, uh, talked, I talked with um, Jeremy and uh, Sid about this, about this Miami deal when it, when it came up, but uh, I guess I was kind of, I'm kind of interested in your reaction because I think you're a fan who really, you have a good appreciation of of the sort of Virial, you know, going to game to a game there and the small townness of it and all of that. And how does how does this strike you? I mean, are you? I, I can't imagine you think it's a great idea. Uh, I'm just in sort of two minds. I think it'd be really wrong for me to say that we we shouldn't sort of encourage international fans, you know, these games outside of the thing because it again I think it's down to the local society so I think they should have a strong say in it it is mm. I, I personally it's, it's a weird one but I don't necessarily see the benefit of it. I, it just for me it just screams jet lag really for the players and they sort of come back absolutely fatigued and jet lagged I mean it's it's great that we have so many international fans and I know we've opened up the there's a quite a few academies over over your neck of the woods now mm. um so I can see that it really grows that but not in a no no a critical way, and I apologise if I offend anyone slightly with this. But sort of football isn't massive over there yet, is it? I, I know it's trying to encourage and growing, but I just, I can't see the sort of market for it yet. I, I can see it sort of being quite an empty stadium, and I think that'll be quite quite disappointing for everyone in the long run. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see what I mean? So I'm not trying it's to sort of say we shouldn't do it, but then I'm just worried that the it's not going to be as amazing as everyone thinks it's going to be. Which is uh, I, hard one. I see. I do see what you what you're saying, and I think and I think we actually um, felt. A, I think I'm kind of like that too. I mean, on the one hand, I'm excited for the fact that you know if the game happens and I can actually get to it without flying, um, you know, <laughs> twelve hours or whatever. But um, but on the other hand, it's the game is. The game is supposed to be for the fans, and I think if you're putting if you're putting the game overseas, I, mean, I think I, I kind of agree with you. But it's like I would feel better about it if they were talking now about doing it next season, because I think what I think the amount of infra of of planning and promotion and so forth needs to happen um you can't just plunk a game down and you know say oh we're going to play here in six weeks and and do all of the things that you want to do i i think that's i think that's something where i would feel like um if ideally i mean atletico madrid is certainly a huge team but even they are not well known to most um, football aficionados in the U.S. All they know are Barcelona and Real Madrid, mm-hmm. and so I think if I think if you want to really have a, a, a full stadium and have a have a stadium that's that's got some vibrancy and some energy, you need to spend time explaining to the market, you know, who the why who these teams are, why this should be a really good game. Because if you think about it, when, when Atleti and Villarreal play, I mean, we've had some cracking games, you know, and, and there is this sort of rivalry because of, um, them buying players off us and, uh, and them being the team that sent us down, you know, back, back years ago. 
in the last game of the season. So I think there's, it's a, it's a rivalry where, you know, I think if you ask any Virial fan, who do you, you know, who do you want to beat in a year? It's, and it's, it's going to be Atleti is going to be one of the teams that go up there. And, um, and so I'm a bit like you. I, I think is, I think that the, we're giving up a home match where we usually have the, have a really vibrant crowd at home and we're going to play over here. Um, and yeah, we got a lot of jet lag. We got a lot of, we got a lot of, um, we're giving up something at, at to, to, to play the game. Um, Atleti is, is going to have jet lag and everything too. So it's not ideal for them, but they're giving up less in the sense that it's not their home game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I can see how it could work and be very positive. I'm a little skeptical that it will, that there's the time to pull it off effectively. I yeah, I completely, completely agree on that as well. I mean, the, the thing for me, it's not going to have any too much effect on me either way, you know. So, as for obviously, I can some other via rail fans will be slightly upset because it's going to have effect on them. They're missing out on a game, and it is a massive game of the season, so it would attract a lot of fans. You know, it's not quite like playing like Real Madrid and Barcelona, where half the half half the fans are pretty divided on who they want to support in the game. Atletico, I think Atletico versus Villarreal will always be Villarreal fans versus Atletico fans. You won't really have sort of bystanders. Um it's yeah. like, I think because they had they had the Real Madrid and Barcelona, they were talking about doing this derby over there, weren't they, anyway, last year. Um and that sort of fell through. So I, I completely agree. I I think it needs to be marketed properly. I think it needs to be sort of identified with many of the fans. And I think there also needs to be they need to work out the interest from the fans over there as well. They need to sort of do I mean I I don't really know how you would how you would judge it. Um, but yeah, they need to do the sort of market research, I suppose, and see how many fans actually would attend it. Obviously, there, there's a huge amount of Spanish speakers over there, uh, mm-hmm. and many of them might actually be interested in, in the game. You know, I, 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 the only thing I'd say is we haven't got many of those. You know, if we had still had Giovanni dos Santos or you know his brother Jonathan dos Santos or possibly some other links like that. You know, we had Aquino a couple of years ago as well. Um, mm-hmm. if, if we still had that sort of connection, I could see where it would be in. You know, if, even if we had, I mean, I'm pretty sure. If I remember rightly, I think there is an, uh, is there an American in the Atletico squad? I'm pretty sure there's someone from that neck of the woods anyway. Um, uh, there's I can't a, remember. That might have been a dream. <laughs> there's an Englishman, Trippier, right? Trippier, but. Yeah, there's Aaron Trippier. I'm sure there's someone else, uh, maybe from Serbian origin or someone. I'm not, yeah. I'm not thinking of Pulsic or something, but. Yeah, but, uh, but there's not, um, yeah, and I know like, um, Joseph was saying that like there's a big, you know, there's a, there's a lot of Colombians in South Florida. So, you know, if, if Carlos Baca were playing a regular yeah, role with us, that would be a, a, a selling point. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, the other thing is, is that I, I think everybody sort of underestimates how long it takes things to get approval here and how long it takes to organize everything and, and then on the Spanish side, you've got the whole question of, you know, the, the league wants this to happen. The two teams are okay with it, but the Spanish Football Federation isn't, and they essentially killed the deal last year. The only difference is this year you've got two teams that are rather more in favor of the game, I think. But, hmm. but, um, even over here, there's, you know, U.S. soccer has a, has a, essentially they c- control in some way, um, they have to approve foreign teams playing over here. And there's a, I guess a lawsuit against them claiming some sort of antitrust stuff involving that. So, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that's going to have to get resolved fairly quickly to, to have a game in December. So I think when we, when I did the podcast, I was like the most optimistic that it would happen. And I was kind of like 50, 50. And now I'm thinking it's more like chances aren't that great. I'm going to say 30% maybe. Cause I, I can't see any harm of doing it though as well. I think, you know, it's only going to have a positive sort of result. I mean, it will probably annoy yeah. a lot of the VRL fans and stuff, but that, that's for them sort of within Spain itself. You know, it's, it is about time that people, I think, you know, over here has sort of been in English 
living in England and people always assume I should be a Liverpool fan and I say I'm a Villarreal fan. I think that the acknowledgement of how good La Liga actually is, I mean, I think it's on par with the Premier League in all honesty. I think it's up there. You know, the German League's really grown as well over the years, but um, people have always talked about the Premier League and I don't, I don't mean that in an arrogant way. Um, so most of the money is in the Premier League and that's obvious for the players. But I mean, I, I hate the Premier League personally myself. I prefer La Liga any day and I wish people were more aware of that. <laughs> I think that this, I've just suddenly thought how this will sort of link into maybe what we next want to talk about. But then you talking about Americans. We've had uh, Giuseppe Rossi training with us, haven't we? So yes. that's going to be a very interesting one. And that's, that's the American, there's an American link there, obviously. I've never, never really listened to him, but it, I think it'd be great if we could sort of discuss how that plays into it really um do, do you yeah. think we would sign him full-time I, I i mean a lot of people sort of very very excited about this assuming it being like a another santi moment personally i'm not really sure <laughs> like i'm really really unsure on this one i uh, I'm really what you think <laughs> i mean i think it really depends i think it, it it depends a lot on his um on how his game is at this point i mean he's 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 like Santi and that he's, um, you know, if you look at his age and then you look at the, at the number of games he's played in the last four or five years, you know, it's, he's, he's sort of younger than his, <laughs> than his age when, in terms of, in terms of uh, experience. But, but I do think that with, with Rossi, so much of his game always depended on that sort of quick first step and that, and that, um, and that speed. He, he certainly got, the, he certainly got the the technical skills to go along with that, but I'm not sure. At least the at least what I saw from the from the film clip they had of him practicing the, his first day, I was like, okay, well he certainly he certainly um, got a little more weight than he did when he played for us in 2010-11. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it really depends on how he does. I, I sort of feel like it the team has given him a chance to um to do something but and so there's sort of no real um there's not a lot of um downside if it if it doesn't work out um i i hope for him it does because I, I i'd love to see him but i'm not sure you know i'm not sure that it's i'm not sure that, i think his game is more affected by all the injuries and, and downtime than Santi's because Santi is more of a cerebral player who just has that knack for he sees the game on a different level, right? And that's how he finds the spaces. That's how he makes the passes and everything. That he still has, and and his physical condition meant he couldn't be on the field but he could still see all those all those things and i think with rossi his physical condition may have affected his ability on the pitch more than more than we know but i don't know yeah i I completely agree i I think also with santi we were sort of screaming out for someone in that role and obviously we we had manu and he he, you know he's been absolutely fantastic last past few seasons but that season in particular he was sort of injured he's having off games i think it was illness and stuff as well so i think santi sort of fitted quite well into that role in the fact that we really needed someone in that role uh the striking force we have this season is you know we've got togu we've got We've got Gerard, we've got Samu technically can play in that role, and then there's sort of, Carlos Bakker is the perfect sub, really. You know, he'll come on and he'll completely change the game. Mm-hmm. Rossi, it'd be great to have him back again, but I think it's almost like a Fernando sort of Torres sort of move if we sign him again. You know, he'll come in, score the very little goal sort of thing, but like Torres, he relies a lot on the pace of, you know, that was his, that was his game, that was his skill. Um, so, I mean, it'd be, it'd be nice to see him there as well, and I, you know, if, if we can get him maybe on a, on that, like we did with Santi at the first sort of a pay as you play sort of contract. And if he was happy with that, then I think I'm good. I think he's probably easily still good enough to fit into any squad really. Um, you know, if he gets his form back, I think he had a sort of stints in Italy and stuff, uh, where he sort of thing. But you know, if he gets a regular game time, if he sort of loses some of that, um, some of the, well, loses some of the fatigue and gain, gain sort of confidence because any kind of injury that he's had is going to, you know, fair play to him for wanting, still wanting to play. I mean, most, most players that have gone through that amount of injury will just sort of want to call it a day, but you must still have enthusiasm enough for the game. And so I think it's very good of us sort of doing it. I don't think there's any kind of alternative motive from the club sort of letting him train. It's not kind of any kind of, 
sort of, yeah, look, we've got Rossi saying, you know, sign him up and we get money from this. We, we, we wouldn't really. If anything, we'd probably lose it if we decided to sign him um, and getting him back into the game. But it's it's nice to see him back. You know, he he was a cracking player in his time. I don't think we can ever fault that. Um, but it's like you said that with, with Santi, he was he was just injured. That was, you know, he... He, he had all abilities. He was in great form until he had that injury and picked something up. And obviously, it was it was really really serious. But like he he had that sort of magic, that magic touch and that creativity. And I thought that's evident in that sort of when he's come back, he's sort of still shown that. Whereas Rossi, obviously, he had injuries and he came back for them, but then there was something missing. You know, it wasn't the same old player. Whereas Santi, it's more or less. Well, if anything, he's playing, probably playing better than he was at Arsenal and Malaga, really. Um, now he's come back. He's, you know, he's very much loved by the club and, you know, he's, he's saved us. A lot of people were sort of saying he was the man of the match yesterday. Um, I think he had a, an amazing game, but I wouldn't have him down as top man of the match. I'd say, well, myself, I'd say probably say Gerard, really. Um, but Santi, 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 you'll always have a good game, really. If he doesn't, then you really, really notice it. Um, the players, you don't. I was going to say, I think that's, uh, that's, Right in that, um, Santi ha- is just, you know, he's such a joy to watch. I mean, I mean, he, and, and, you know, Rossi in his prime that way too. I mean, that, that 2011, 10, 11 squad had, had, um, so, so many, um, so much talent and so much, so much fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I hope Rossi can, uh, can, uh, come back, but I'm sure that I, I, as I say, I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a particularly, I think the letting him train with us and everything and we'll see how we see how he does. I don't think that we are obligated to do anything and I don't think he's obligated to do anything with us either. I mean, but I think probably um it is great that he's enjoying that he still wants to play. I know he got married over the summer and uh longtime girlfriend and and uh you know, he seems a very seems a very grounded guy and I and I and I know he's been he was always tweeting, you know, pictures of himself in the weight room and working out and everything. And I know he's, he's, he really wants to play. Um, so, you know, hopefully it'll work out. I mean, I'd love to, you know, what if we sign him and, and play him in the Copa or something, you know, give him a start there. I don't know. I, I, I really haven't, since I haven't seen him train, I don't know sort of what his, you know, where he, where he is, and I don't know where he feels he is either. So, in terms of, you know, we'll see. But certainly, if if he were um, if he were uh, part of the team, um, then uh, and again, this is what makes me think next year would be better. I mean, if if he were a part of the of the team, um, he's not likely to sign anything before early December when he'd be playing Atleti, and we're not likely to trot him out for his first game in Miami, I wouldn't think. So, you know, who knows? You never know. Um, but it's, it's nice, you know. It's, it's, I think there's only only positive things we can really say at the moment. It'd be sort of hard-pressed to say anything negative about any, any of the situations we're in at the moment. Like I said, if, if that game goes ahead in my in sort of Miami, then great, you know, all the more reason to do it um, if it's popular. I mean, I, I wouldn't like to see it as sort of a, a very re- regular occurrence sort of thing, you know, if we had, if it's sort of, let's say, popular, but then... You know, next season, if someone argues and we end up having like sort of four or five or like a whole month of games over there, that would be slightly worrying, I think. And that would be a lot more to take the fans. But if this is sort of just a one-off thing to sort of trial it or advertise it to more to La Liga in a global scale, then I think that's great. I'd be, I'd be worried if we did sort of more than that. Um, yeah. I, I think when we, when we were talking with Sid and Jeremy, I think that was, that was my feeling too, was that it's great to do a, um, to do, I mean, your model is like the NFL going over to London, right? Where they, where they would come and play, um, I guess originally a game a year and then they've added to it or whatever. I don't know what they do now because I don't pay attention, but, um, but I think the worry would be if suddenly you had a team that, um, decided they were going to play two or three home games a year over in, the U.S. or something, and I think, and and given that there are, as we were saying, like there are teams like Mallorca that, that now that have um, American ownership. So what if they wanted to do that? That's that's the kind of thing that I don't think would be would be great. So you know, I think that. 
Yeah, it would, would it would slightly damage American football as well because we, we've they've done a huge. When I say American football, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. it, it's good to you know I, th- I think things have really really changed in sort of the football over there as well. You know things have grown really well. Obviously you've got David Beckham's new franchise coming through. Hopefully that comes through. That's quite exciting to watch, and I, I like that it's growing. Obviously you've got Zatan Ibrahimovic over there who's uh, well making waves as usual, but uh, in good or yes. bad ways. But he's he's been great for American football. You know I could see. I mean in the future maybe Cristiano Ronaldo will come over there. You never know. Um, so it's really drawing people in. It's getting a bit more exciting to watch, and it's great to see that football sort of growing up there as well. Um, obviously, it's never been. My, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I've never even been over that neck of the neck of the woods. Um, but I think it's great, you know. And I, I don't want to see the hard efforts of everyone over there. Um, you know, obviously, if, if VRL and Atletico come, it's a great way. It's a great way of coaching. It's a great way to get kids involved. But I don't want it sort of damaging any any of the efforts that things have done over there you know if you think about i mean you'll you'll know this better than me like 10 years ago i can't imagine it was it must have been it must have been not a huge thing really you know um you seem to think of people wanting to go to a football match over there uh, I think you're better in situation to say that to me <laughs> yeah no, i think one of the things you're i think you're right i think one of the things that's happened with mls over the last 10 years is they've grown a lot i mean they're, they're well, the league is bigger but they've but they've also um you know, now there are, I mean, the, the, there are some really dedicated fan bases. I mean, the, the, what they call El Trafico, which is the Los Angeles, um, the, the Galaxy versus, um, the other Los Angeles team, which they just met in the, the, the in the, um, playoffs. I mean, it's a huge deal. I mean, it's, it's, it's become a huge deal. And there are other, um, you know, Portland and Seattle, um, up in the Northwest have a huge rivalry. Um, it's become, it's become a thing in a way that 10 years ago it wasn't. And so you're right. If it's, I think, and maybe that's why, um, U.S. soccer has always kind of weighed, weighed in on, on playing games overseas, um, having teams come here. I think they've been okay with it in the summer for non-competitive games. But I think when it comes to competitive, you know, regular season matches, they, they really want to keep, um, the focus on MLS. And, you know, I have to say that when you, um, when you watch a game, um, you, you know, on, on TV here now, it's so much more enjoyable than it used to be because the crowds are bigger, they're louder, the, um, the, the quality of the game is, is better. Um, and there are, um, you know, and, and there are now beginning to be players like Carlos Vela, for example, or, or Jonathan Dos Santos, who, who have come over here from Europe and clearly still have good years ahead of them. They're not, they're not sort of, um, you know, near retirement age, particularly. Um, yeah, it was sort of always, was always that thing that people, well, some people said, I hope it, I hope it's said over there as well. Otherwise, that's going to sound a bit harsh, but, um, the sort of, sort of, it was the graveyard of football. It was, you know, is yes. where you went to go to sort of retire if you wanted a little extra paycheck. I mean, I, I was quite glad you took Wayne Rooney off us, um, cause I'm not his biggest fan. Um, but unfortunately he's coming back to Derby next season, which is, uh, unfortunate. I hope he doesn't list to this. I doubt he does, but, uh, if he does, yeah. He probably knows it anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all good going, you know. Yeah, and the, and so I think it's it's a real question of on the one hand you now have more more football fans over here, but you the U.S. soccer focus um, you know is obviously MLS, um, and so I think having a mat having matches played over here from you know La Liga or Serie A or something like that would yeah I think they kind of worry that would dilute their product, but. Mm. It's hard to, it's hard to know. As you say, I mean, I almost feel like at some point, I mean, last year this didn't happen, but with the Barcelona Girona thing, but, but I almost feel at some point there needs to just be a test match to see what happens, you know, and, and, um, at some point, you know, get everybody on board, um, whether, whether it's for Virial Atleti or something else. Yeah. I mean, give it, give it a try and see, and see what happens. Um, 
but I think you've really got to spend a lot of time promoting it and planning it. And I think that's my big feeling about this one is I, I hope it happens. If it happens, I'll find a way to get there. Um, but I'm also cognizant of the fact that I don't want it to be, <laughs> you know, part of the reason why I support Villarreal is, is the town of Villarreal and, and the fan base there. It's not that I want them to be playing games in the U.S. every year. Hmm. Well, we're all very proud to be sort of international VRL fans as well. So I suppose if everyone suddenly becomes a VRL fan, it makes us feel less special, which is slightly selfish, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of the things I'm proud of anyway. So I know yes. my partner being Spanish, she's, she finds that fascinating that there's an English person that likes a Spanish team rather than an English team. Um, <laughs> although she doesn't like football, which is worrying. Um, well, um, well, I think the thing is, it, it wouldn't bother me to have more, you know, I, I'd love to have obviously more, more Villarreal fans from, from the U.S. and, and, uh, and, um, international fans, but I don't want us to ever become like the Barcelona's and Real Madrid's who are just fan base that's just, you know, joined us, but joined because they want, they see them winning trophies and they want to just, Fire the coach every time they don't win, you know. I don't, I, I mean, of course, as a, as a, as a football fan, you always want your team to win every game. And, and if they don't win, it's usually because the referee screwed you, right? But <laughs> definitely, but, yeah. It's usually yeah. the sole reason. Um, it's been a long time since we've actually actually blamed anyone else but the referee. But to be fair, we, we don't seem to have had as worth, worth luck with referees this season. Uh, I think the seem, I think, I guess VAR is, has helped as much as it's, Sort of hindered as well. Um, yeah, I think only, only the Levante debacle. <laughs> oh God, yeah. yeah. That, that, was, that was ludicrous, and I think that was ludicrous by everyone's standards. I think even Levante fans were just sort of questioning yeah. it all themselves, and the referee must have been scratching his head a bit as well at the end of the game. So, um, but yeah, that, I suppose that's the only real. I mean, over here in in Britain, it's. I think we just we haven't. We just don't understand it. Um, it doesn't seem to be a, such so much of an issue in Spain uh, and maybe the other leagues, but for us, I think we just got sort of confused. Um, but as a country, as a whole, we're proper confused at the moment in all manner of things. So that's fairly awesome. obvious. So, um, yes. you know, if, if, if we're worrying about football, then that's, uh, that's the least of our worries at the moment. Um, right. Okay. Well, we now have, um, we now have a match on Thursday against Abar, and I guess that's, that's always um interesting because it's you know the little little Basque team play in a ground that holds what under ten thousand I think yeah, sound familiar yeah. <laughs> obviously not the Basque bit but uh, yeah and it's the um, of Thomas Pinar as well which is always nice he's a, he's a great guy I met I met him a few times as well when I was there and he's really nice down to earth he's a very very shy goal I remember he scored that Europa League goal. Uh, do you remember the sort of curling one from the corner? He, apparently yes. he turned up at the airport and everyone was just round of applause in him and he just blushed because it was meant to be a cross and not a goal. Um, but yeah, he was a great guy. I liked him. Oh yeah. No, he's, he plays for Alaves, but he was injured. Oh, have I got it wrong? Probably have, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's no, no, he late was... night thinking at this time of night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No. Yeah, he was, he's been injured, I think, because he's been playing for them along with Wakaso, who was, who was played yesterday. Um, yeah, Avar is, I think the problem that they've got, and I should probably talk to my buddy who's a big Avar USA guy, but I think that the, um, they've been up in, in the, um, in the league now, what, four or five years. They came up, they would have gotten relegated except Elche got relegated for financial stuff, so they stayed up and they've done okay since. I don't know. It feels to me a little bit like their formula of, I mean, they're, they're a very physical team. They're very, um, you know, they, they press hard. They, you know, they try hard. What I don't sense this year's team has as much of is, um, is the skill and, and quality to, to pull it off. And I think that's, the, I think that's the thing that, that seems to be letting them down more. Um, plus, I mean, that Ruben Pena, you know, joined us. Um, they had some other moves too, but it just seemed to me they're a team that's going to be last couple of years. I thought they were a stronger team than they are this year. Um, but they're going to, it's a tough place to win. 
but I think we can I think we can do reasonably well. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, if if we come off off a run of this game as well, uh, I yeah. mean, I, I'm only slightly grumpy that it's quite an early kickoff for me, so I'm not even back from working time for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be. They always reminded me a bit of sort of Betis. I think that's you know there's that similar sort of uh, very tough physical side uh, which you don't really sort of expect from them, um, mm. and the sort of up and down. But they had they had a great season last season, if I remember rightly. Um, I mean, I might be just making that up again and getting them confused, but you never know. I think the, I think the thing, I think the thing that's been, um, tricky for them is just that they are very limited in terms of how they can grow. I mean, they have a small, small ground. Um, you know, it's a small, well, it's a smallish fan base, although they've sold shares worldwide, so they've got, you know, fans all over the place. But, but, you know, it's a small, it's a small place. And so I think even more than, than, um, Villarreal, they're, they're also in an area where you've got Alaves, you've got, um, Real Sociedad, you've got Athletic Bilbao. And I, I know if you're, you know, if you grow up there, you tend to already be supporting one of those teams. So it's not likely they're going to peel off a lot of, a lot of fans of those clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, it's always interesting, but I'd, I'd say the fans from that fan base are very, very passionate about their club. Um, mm-hmm. I, I met a few fans from that, that, that neck of the woods in Spain before and they're just an absolutely huge, you know, they're almost as, I'd say, well, so they're just as passionate as a sort of fans from the Valencian community sort of thing as well. And they're very defensive and protective of their team as well, mm-hmm. which, which is, which is great to see. I, I love that neck of the woods. It's, very much more greener than I suppose Valencia is, um, yes. but yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a really nice place. If anyone ever gets the chance to head over there, um, to like, sort of that that area of Spain is absolutely beautiful, and they they say that the best food in the world's the best of Spanish food is there. Um, there. Well, I'm going to say best, um, but then all honesty, I've, I've been all over Spain, and I'd probably say. Uh, the food's awesome in Spain anyway. It doesn't matter where you go. Uh, I think the, the only other rivalries over food over there are between restaurants rather than uh, counties, uh, well, yeah, communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at their – they've sold um, – they had uh, Juan Jordan. They sold to Sevilla. They sold um, – oh, Mark Cucciarella or, it was playing for them on loan from Barcelona, and then Barcelona bought him back and then – loaned him or something to Hatafe. So he was, he was a key player, um, for them last year. You know, they've, they've added a couple of people, but, um, um, Inui from Betis, I guess, joined them. But yeah, it just, it just seems like this year is going to, it's, it's a tougher, it, it seems like it's a tough year, but you know, they always, they always battle hard. Um, they, I, I think they're, um, it's a sort of game where, a bit like Espanol, really. I think I think a game where we are probably going to have to work very hard and um, basically uh, try to take advantage of opportunities that that we get. I think they're. I think that's kind of how they, um, as you say, they're very physical. Their, their ground, I think, is also quite small. Maybe it just seems that way on, on TV, but the, you know, it just seems, it's a very English ground. You know, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's very, it's old very, school town hall sort of, yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It'd be, so, be a very scrappy game. Like, like, I think that's, that's the best way to describe it. It'd be scrappy, but then, you know, the, we, we do quite well in that. We show, we show our teeth when we need to. Um, and I think it, it'll be a good game. I think, you know, I always get slightly, and I'm not disappointed, but when it's the sort of Thursday game, it makes your weekend even longer, shall we say? Especially if if if, if it doesn't go our favour, then you just end up grumpy all year and all, all weekend, sorry, and you see all the other fans just out celebrating. You're just like, oh, it's going to be a very very long weekend. I, I mean, I, I look forward to the Sunday and Saturday games myself. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, they're I just look. Yeah, they, they're basically good at typical Basque team. Good, at strong in the air, strong at attacking set pieces. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, that kind of thing. They're, they're not, uh, they're the kind of team that if, if you can slice open with some through balls, hopefully, um, um, oh, they have Fabian Orellana. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, he's got, do, do you think the- we'll, um, change the, change the starting lineup against them? Do you think that'll be 
something we'll consider doing um, just to give the players a rest. That's no disrespect to them at all, but um, so close to the game and we've sort of got a run of, of teams that aren't, aren't Barcelona and Madrid, shall we say. That's no disrespect to them. But do you think that we'll, we'll utilise this game to try and try out some other stuff or... Well, you know, I think we, I think we could. I just don't know that we will because I think it's hard to change things when you, when things are working. But I do think that maybe I'm just looking back at, um, when we played Espanol, what I remember was that it didn't seem to be a game where Santi really had as much of a role as he usually does. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking if I were going to take somebody and say, you know, you need some rest, um, that might be who I would start with. I might, I might, uh, I might rest Santi and I might, um, bring in Trigueros, give him, give him some time there. Mm. And I don't know about playing Baca in place of, it's hard to justify Taking Ikambi out after he scores three times in two goal, two games. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mario might have to. I think that depends on if, if Pena is healthy. I might be tempted to bring in. Um, uh, bleh, mind is going young left back. Um, Kintia might be tempted yeah. to bring him in at left back. Um, but yeah, I think I think Anguisa and Ibora are going to be key. Because yeah, I think they'll 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 be in there. I think, and I, I agree that having sort of Manu, I, I like to see Manu back. I, I think in the few, the very brief appearances we've seen of him this season, he, he seems to be back. He seems to be back in his form. And, you know, he came on he came on yesterday, and I think he, you know he, he came in again. It wasn't one of those most notable performances, but he came in and did his job. I think that's what someone commented on, and I, I think to his credit, that's what he, that's what he did. I mean, it's hard to sort of. I think. You know, if, if, if Santi, I can't, I can't remember if Santi came off or, or how that worked. Um, but you know, when he came on, nothing dropped, you know, nothing changed, nothing, you know, mm-hmm. it, it didn't set the valley alight, but then it also, it didn't, it didn't lead to sudden loads of concessions of goals. So, um, and I think he, he's, he's stable and solid in that role, you know, and, and when, when he was playing last season, uh, we tried to, I suppose we tried to play him in defensive mid and that didn't work out for him. But I think having that sort of free reign has always suited him very well. Obviously, when we had Bruno there, Bruno could cover basically both Abora and Zambo's role. Uh, having those two in that position really works out well for whoever's going to be in front of them. I was also thinking that maybe he would put Ontiveros in in that role as well. I think he can still play in that sort of a centre attacking mid role. I, I prefer Manu, but you know, Ontiveros has you got. A, yeah, I was I was going to ask you what what did you think of that that I. That was tragic because I kind of left the house just when that free kick went in, so I missed it. So I just saw it on the highlights. Was there was there a deflection in that, or was it just really clever spin? Because the, when I first saw it, I thought, oh my, this is almost like a Roberto Carlos sort of free kick, you know, which sort of swerved unnaturally, unscientifically. Um, yes. I think it might have been a deflection. I think there was a deflection. I right. was. I have to confess, what struck me by surprise was I had. I did not expect one of the Alave, when Alave set up their wall, they had like what, four or five, four guys in the wall. There was a fifth guy standing behind that you didn't see and he was the one that, that, that lay down on the pitch. Right. So, so that, so that the other guys could jump and if, and so if the ball was kicked under them, he would stop it, which, which I guess I've seen occasionally before as a defensive effort, but, but I, but um, no, I think it was actually, uh, I think it was actually deflected. Um, yeah, I, I thought was, I was just really confused. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. Uh, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, their keeper came out afterwards and was sort of like, because obviously the full time whistle blowed quite quickly after that, and you just came out laughing, which is quite an interesting sort of response. But I suppose when you are four one down, um, yeah. that's probably yeah. probably good, all you can do really. Um, but speaking of someone that has stood in a fair few defensive walls. Um, fair play to that person <laughs> sort of wanting to stand behind the wall as well because that's when you're most vulnerable shall we say um, you're very likely to be belted in the leg or worse um, so fair play for adopting it I would have just sort of turned the other way and stuck the middle finger up the coach if you suggested that to me um, but yeah I, I'm a defensive midfielder so there's an element of cowardice to the way we play anyway we get unrecognised what we do but um, it's great to 
it's <laughs> defensive midfielder is a great role to play because you, you're always scrutinized and if things don't go well uh, you're the first one to be blamed and then even if you have a victory you're not actually rewarded for it so uh, right. if i remember rightly I, I played defensive mid a few times and the next game i was subbed even though i had a man of match performance so but then again i'm sounding like i'm venting now so that's uh i'll shut up <laughs> right. well it's, it's got to have something to vent about because certainly Recent very all performances have been very good, so we have to have to find something else to complain about. Anyway, um, good talking with you again, and we'll uh, uh, get together with you soon. I, if I were going to be venting about anything, it would be the upcoming power outages yet again here in California. Yeah, I've heard you're having a bit of a rough time over there. <laughs> we are. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to wrap this up, and I'll get it up um, posted before we lose power tonight um but yeah it's uh, the area where i am is is at the moment fine no fires but there are a couple of very scary ones um especially one um up in sonoma county north of san francisco it's uh really scary because they're and so we, hopefully everybody oh. there will be okay yeah oh well, make, make sure you're safe because you know vrl a very strong chance of winning the league this year so if you haven't got power then you're not able to view that um <laughs> there you go my typical british optimism there um and naivety <laughs> but yeah it was great talking with you too and uh i hope everyone enjoys enjoys our next fair few victories that are on the way um yeah so too and the van Vareal. <laughs>